Welcome to True and Unpolished, the podcast, a cuss culture production. Through this podcast, our intention is to uplift, inspire, and amuse. Let's get authentic. Hi, everybody. It's Lydia from True and Unpolished. You are about to hear a conversation that Mary and I had back in November of 2020, and it is about disappointing people. And it was timely then because it was around Thanksgiving. So we knew that there were families getting together and then families not getting together who ordinarily would have uh, and disagreement about should we, shouldn't we. Uh, And it was a super timely episode. And what we realized is that it is a super timely episode for right now. We are now starting to get back together for the first time in over a year. And what that means is we get the beauty of being together again with our loved ones. And along with that comes our needing to show up authentically and in an empowered way as ourselves so that we aren't changing our behaviors, changing what we do, changing what we say to make others happy, but rather showing up fully as who we are in the moment. So we are really excited for you to hear this episode for the first time for many of you and to rehear it for some of you that have heard it the first time. It's super timely. I think that you're really going to resonate with it. Take a listen. Hello, hello. It's Lydia. No, not Lydia. It's Lydia. That is wrong. It's Lydia. And this is Mary. <laughs> We're, gonna start <laughs> We're starting that again. Okay, hold on. Wait, I, I liked it. No. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll keep it. All right, guys, we're keeping it. Um, so you just heard our mess up, and who cares? But so it's Lydia, everybody, and uh, and Jeanette, this is Mary. And this is Mary. Look at how seamless that was. <laughs> oh, so uh, what we are talking about today is disappointing people. Uh, so I had, I took a vacation a short time ago and it was the first time I had a vacation time off, uh, since the summer of 2019, everybody, since the summer of 2019. And, um, this is the time of COVID. So it's not, my vacation was a staycation. I did not go anywhere. Um, but I took the time off. Uh, it was over the Thanksgiving holiday and I, um, did not talk on the phone from Thursday. Yeah. From Thursday to Sunday at all, except for twice, 15 minutes each, both to family to say happy Thanksgiving. That was it. And that is a huge, huge thing for me, everybody, because my life is on the phone. I mean, many of you probably have that too. I mean, with working remotely, um, my life is on the phone. It's either zoom zooms or, telephone calls. And I prefer telephone calls, honestly, because I don't always want to do my makeup, everybody. Uh, So I was really, it was awesome. It was this time without the phone. Uh, And what that meant is the very next week, I was so behind. You know, when you put the out of office uh, message on your email, and then you get back and there's like a bunch of email. And I had like shot off a bunch on Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday before going on vacation because I wanted to get all this stuff done. But what that meant is all kinds of people were responding to the stuff that I'd sent out. The worst part of vacation is that you 
Yes. I mean, don't get a vacation because all your work piles up. That's right. Exactly. Exactly. And that's true for everybody. Right. So um, I, I got back from vacation and was digging out of all of that. And I have felt now for weeks like I am behind. And when I say behind, what I mean is I feel like there's always somebody that I am letting down in some way. Uh, and, and most often that way is because they want to talk to me and I haven't talked to them yet. Like I'm on the phone constantly and have been on the phone constantly since getting back from vacation. And still there, I, I, I'll, there's always somebody that is wanting to talk to me that I haven't gotten back to yet. And so I have this chronic feeling and I said to Mary, like last week, I'm like, I, I and I said this to my husband too. I was like, I don't, is this just me or you like, am I attracting situations in my life where I feel like a disappointment to people? Because that is, I like, in disappointment, maybe that's the wrong word. The word is letting people down. Like, I feel like I was letting people down. And I got to this space where I. Oh, are you attracting people? I think the answer, the short answer is yes. We yes. attract, um, you know, the people that. The kind, I mean, we attract the kinds of relationships that are going to bring up um, the issues that we need to work on. I right. mean, right? That's right, right. So. And I was trying to, so I was trying not to put it on the people. Like what? So what I'm saying is, am I attracting situations in which I disappoint? And I think what you did is you reframed that and you went, wait a minute, are you attracting people who are disappointed in you? Um, and I guess the answer is yes and no. I mean, some of the people I was just projecting, like it was my feelings of inadequacy that I was yeah. deciding that they felt that way when in truth it was, I was feeling like I was, oh, the turnaround, I was disappointing me, not because I wasn't calling them, but because I was judging myself for as being a disappointment <gasps> oh you good. had an aha I did have an aha did y'all feel a little bit that? of insight yes so I um you know one of the things that I wanted to talk about is um how there is a level of unconsciousness in all of our relationships and I think um for those of us who are helpers you know, I've been an art therapist and um, coach for over 20 years. And so um, in my work, you know, in the helping profession, um, you know, I've come across a lot of people, professional people who um, have what um, I would refer to as like a savior complex. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so I think there's, you know, first of all, recognizing that no matter how smart we are, knowledgeable we are, wise we are, mm-hmm. co- connected we are to source, mm-hmm. um, there is always some level of unconsciousness in, in, in me. Um, yeah. and so uh, owning that, um, not, not in a sort of self-defeating way, but just recognizing that it is also a part of me. And, um, and, and if I, if I tend to get, um, overly attached to being a helper, 
then what happens is um, then I fall into this savior kind of role. So it's my job to save other people. And it's my, um, like, they can't do it without me. Yeah. yeah. Um, They can't, they don't have the skills. They don't have, they need my help. Yeah. Um, Right. Yeah. So becoming aware of if there's any kind of of that um, self-talk going on. And for me, what was happening is that I, so, you know, my, the, the, the self-talk that goes on goes like this. They won't know that you care about them, Lydia. Like, so for me, it's about, I want them to know that I care. So, you know, even Mary with you, right? Like I know that to a really large extent, you know that I care about you. And if I'm not showing up, it's because I can't. And even then, like after a certain amount of time, you feel like, you know, hello, Right. Can I have some time? You know, so the people that you care about. So that's my thing. It's like, how do you have people, all kinds of people in your life that you care about and then always let them know that you care about them? And I think that the I don't think that's possible. Right. Yes, that is. And I and I mean, one of the things, Lydia, that you and I've kind of talked about over the years is how I, I have. um I've had a lot of friends, like mm-hmm. always, um, until really recently in the last couple of years, three or so years, my friendships have sort of, um, the number of friendships have really gone down dr- dramatically from any other time in my life where I had many, many friends, um, a, a large amount of those being people that I would confide in. And so, um, and so I've, one thing that I've learned recently is that that's not, um, that's not sustainable. sustainable. Yeah. Yeah. And so, um, and, and whereas your friendships, I think, um, are, are more, I like you have smaller numbers of friendships. That's correct. And you, I mean, you can talk about that, but and I still think it's a large number. Like, I feel like it's getting too big. <laughs> like I, you know, because I recognize that, you know, there's only a certain number of people that you can show up for consistently, um, regularly in a real way. And so I think the work becomes to set, you know, parameters and boundaries and like be up front with people like one of my favorite um stories is when um I tell people about at the beginning of Christy and I's friendship um which it you know was is pretty recent friendship and I realized that we were becoming friends and I was like oh wait I need to tell you something like I, I I'm not a good friend I'm gonna be bad at this I just want you to know like you're gonna think that I should know to call you at some time and I'm not going to think to call you at that time and I won't do it. And so like, I totally like set it up. Um, And then Mary lovingly helped me to reframe that and say that that is actually not true. I am a very good friend. So it's not, it's not that I'm not a good friend. It's that I'm going to disappoint you. You know what I mean? So can we just agree that I'm going to disappoint you and you're going to disappoint me at some point? If, if, you know, if we're going to be, you know, friends in any kind of real way, that's going to happen. Right. And I think that's what I get when I hear you talking about certain level of unconsciousness in every relationship. 
if we're disappointed, we're unconscious because when we're conscious, we're not, we can't be disappointed by what. Well, uh, and it's not just disappointment, but what about attachment? Mm, that's it. So, yeah. yeah. Like, um, expectations yeah. like on my end. So if you're disappointing me, mm. um, then that, that part may be on you because you're not following through with something you've agreed to, or you, um, are, no, no, no. What you mean is if you, cause no. if I disappoint you, if right. <laughs> and that all, okay. So listen, I, I was right. I think I was right, but I think maybe you said it reverse, but go. Okay. So you disappoint, if you disappoint me, then your that your job is to look at, okay, well, did I follow through with what was, asked of me um am i am i being truthful am i being true to what you know we've kind of agreed upon but my so the the on the flip side i have to be willing to look at am i overly attached and so what like an example of something that you and i do have done for a long time is if i'm feeling really like i need to talk to you then i'll call you but there have been many times where you haven't answered my call. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, uh, you know, an old way of kind of um, being stuck in that unconscious pattern is I would, you know, I would ruminate, why isn't she answering? Mm-hmm. You know, why is she not getting back to me? Mm-hmm. Um, but a conscious way of being in relationship with somebody is saying, okay, um, there must be, there must be something else or someone else, or maybe I meant to handle this on my own. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So it's about, right. So it's, um, it's attachment in general. Like, um, am I attached to you, um, feeling like I'm showing up for you? Cause that's where I was. So if I am, if my self-talk goes do that, they're not going to know I care they don't know I care, then I am attached to you perceiving me as caring for you, right? That's attachment because I can't control whether you feel like I care about you or not. Like I'm not going to always do it right. I'm going to do something that's going, you're, that's going to bring up with you and from within you, a feeling of she doesn't care. Like it's bound to happen, right? I can't, be responsible for that. I can only be responsible with how I show up. And in that example too, if I've done something to disappoint you, um, owning that and saying, okay, am I doing something to disappoint them? Okay. If I didn't follow through with something and forgiving myself for it, because I'm not going to be perfect. So am I attached to being the perfect friend? Am I attached to showing up for you in a perfect way? I guess what I'm um, kind of thinking about is I wonder if, I wonder if there's two types of people, people who feel like they're disappointing other people and people who feel like others are always disappointing (laughs) them because I can't, I I really can't relate to what you're saying (laughs) about disappointing. I mean, I don't think that way. I don't, I mean, that's not true. I, I do, um, have that feeling that I've disappointed people sometimes and I can feel 
guilt about that. So it's not completely true, but I know I ruminate about how disappointed I am. And that's something um, when I work with clients that I always, um, I mean, I, I not always, but I frequently notice, you know, them telling me stories about how somebody has disappointed them and, and kind of digging in and staying stuck in that disappointment. Mm -hmm. Which keeps us in victim consciousness. Well, the thing is, is that, um, you know, it's probably true that we can spend more time on one or the other, you know, uh, and if I can be in that space of being stuck on feeling like I am disappointing someone, and if you can be, that means that I can just as easily oscillate and go to the other side and have you feel like you're right. a disappointment because that's, it's all ego. And that's what the ego does. It, it bounces back and forth from fear, inferiority to superiority. You know what I mean? And right. really they're, they're really the same thing, you know, whether I feel right. inferior or superior, it's all ego. So, um, well, I guess, and you're, I mean, I completely agree with that. Um, and also I was just kind of thinking that we have, um, we have the stories that we tell ourselves. So your story is more, I'm going to disappoint them. Yeah, right. Exactly. And then maybe my story is more like, you're going to disappoint. Why is everybody always disappointing me? Yeah. 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 Why is everybody letting me down? Yes. And I think at one of the antidotes is to find where the opposite is true. So I'm right. The prover. (laughs) The prover. Prover. Right. So, right, exactly. So I can find where the opposite is true. I'm disappointing everybody, you know, where I, I'm, I'm not a disappointment. Where can I find any, can I find one example where I'm not a disappointment to this person? Yep. There's an example. If you can find one, that's what Byron Katie says. If you can find one, you can find two. And if you can find two, you can find three. And if you can't find three, then you see that the opposite is at least as true as what you were thinking and, and it dissipates. So then um, if you're feeling like, why is everybody disappointing me? Find, you know, an example where that's not true, you know, especially with the other person. And that's why, you know, that's where the evolved relationship comes in. It's like, I have to, I can't be attached to your side of things. Like you've got to do your thing and I've got to be responsible for mine. And sometimes what happens is there's moments in relationships where somebody is not willing to, to look at their stuff, you know, to own what is their part in it. And when that happens, we can't make someone see it. You know, you can't make me see it. I can't see it until I can see it. Um, And so uh, in those moments, there might be, you know, pauses in an evolved relationship. And that goes back to what you were talking about, Mary, where you said, you know, even in evolved relationships, there are moments of consciousness and unconsciousness. Uh, and, you know, m- my work is to stay in my lane and to mm-hmm. uh, be willing to own my part, to look at what my part is uh, and and allow you the space and freedom to do the same. Well, and I think sometimes in, you know, what you're talking about is I'm, I, you feel your statement is I'm disappointing people then what we do that's where the savior thing comes in is Mm. we try to over so there's a overcompensating and undercompensating so overcompensating is what happens when I feel like I'm going to disappoint somebody or Mm -hmm. somebody's not going to follow through with what 
they said they were going to do, then mm-hmm. I'm going to overcompensate and do more in the relationship. Mm-hmm. And what happens is the other person starts to do less because it's an innate balancing mechanism. Uh And so, you know, the, the, the consciousness means talking about those, um, talking about those dynamics so that you can create more of a balance. So each person is, there's more flow in the give and take. Um, yes, yes. And that is, and again, just like everything, it always goes back to balance. And I think that, you know, I'd like to leave with just this parting thought because it was such wisdom that I got from my therapist many years ago. Um, if you are a chronic um, overgiver uh, like me uh, and I'm a recovering overgiver, um, I will, uh, what I know is that ultimately that leads to resentment which ultimately um, will destroy, you know, a relationship. And so um, my former therapist said it like this. He said, Lydia, this is what you do. You will give, and then you put a chip in your pocket. You know, you'll overgive, give more than the other person, and you'll put a chip in your pocket. And then you'll overgive, and you put a chip in your pocket. And one day, your, your pockets will be so full of chips that you just go, okay, I'm out. And you throw the chips on the table and you leave. And that's, that was my pattern for a really long mm. time. I would overgive, overgive, overgive until one day I, I reached the magic number where I would go, I have earned my way out of this. I have given enough goodbye. And I would just cut it off. So, um, you know, everybody, it is okay to disappoint people and overgiving is not helpful to you. And it's not helpful to anybody else. Right. That's right. So write that down. I, I, I feel like that's the way that we should end every episode. Instead of let's see what happens next. I think that what we need to say is um, write that down. <laughs> so, I love it. <laughs> I know. Write that down. Okay. Or they can just play it again. <laughs> well, we have this recording. I have wanted people to record what I say for so long. I'm teasing. <laughs> and here you have it, everybody. Just replay the episode or write it down. Write that down. You've been listening to True and Unpolished, the podcast. Write that down and let's see what happens next.